Welcome back to the Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about New York as it pertains to the medical marijuana market. I've got Katrina Glogowski. She's an angel investor and attorney in Seattle. She recently went out to New York, saw some medical facilities, what they were offering, and wanted to talk about it because um, it's not really medical. It's not what we've seen in other states, and it's very uh, unique. It's an anomaly to the trend which uh, deserves some some explanation and a conversation around it. So Katrina, thanks for being back on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. Uh, as you know, we're here in sunny Seattle and sunny Seattle has a fairly established uh, cannabis market at this point, uh, started with medical and grew into recreational. And of course, the entire West Coast has had uh, medical cannabis uh, for decades now. Uh, and I recently traveled to upstate New York uh, to um, visit family, go Bills, uh, to visit some family and uh, curiosity, what does medical cannabis look like in upstate New York? And I was shocked, Josh. Why were you shocked, Katrina? <laughs> uh here in here in Seattle, you know, you, you pick your you pick your cannabis by strain. Uh, you can you have information about the terpenes. You have information about THC content, CBD content, pesticide testing. Uh, in in upstate New York, you have a a plain little uh, jar with text that says cannabis flower. When I was in Canada recently with you and I in September of last year at the International Cannabis Business Conference, ICBC, I went to Chinatown because it was one of the only stores available at that time of day. And I asked for uh, sativa and was wondering if the particular strain that they had in a jar called weed uh, was that sativa or indica. And he's like, weed is weed, man. I was like, oh, okay, well, this clearly isn't medical, but I'll take that particular strain. Um, there is a massive difference between the West Coast, whether it's Vancouver, BC, Washington, Oregon, or California, just real quick between Washington and Oregon. In Washington, it's like going to the moon. You have mylar bags. Now you have a window generally and everything, so you can kind of see through it. Versus Oregon, they still have chopsticks and glass mason jars. You pop the top, you can actually smell it. You can see it. You you know They'll grab whatever bud you want with their chopsticks. And so we're used to... Uh, options and variety and of course you can always go and get a strain specific sativa indica hybrid but it doesn't sound like you had many options to choose from there in upstate new york your options were pre-ground cannabis flower what strain indica sativa no idea thc percentage no idea uh pesticides no idea Terpene profile, no idea. Cannabis flower, pre-ground. The other option was cannabis pills, uh, which is just an oil, a capsule, uh, again, with no information, or cannabis tinctures, uh, again, no information. And I was stunned because if you're in a medical market, you, you know, first of all, you want it to be uh, pesticide-free, uh, because you're, you're going to be taking uh, quite a bit of this uh, material and you want to know that it's not tainted. 
Second, if you are an individual treating condition Y with cannabis, you want something totally different than an individual treating uh, condition X with cannabis. And I, I just could not believe that their medical market was cannabis. No, 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 no. I, I, I want a specific strain. I, I want to affect my appetite. I want to affect my sleep. I want to affect my stress. I want to affect my activity level. And how do you do that with cannabis? Right. A lot of people who have ADHD, it has an uh, inverse uh, effect. <clears throat> um, and so uh, somebody who has ADHD might uh, be more calm with sativa, whereas uh, indica is, is kind of the norm for that. So not even to have an indica sativa, which granted are not the best way to describe uh, a cultivar, but that's kind of the, the go-to for now. But to not even have that is very unique, very weird. So if, if I want to guarantee I'm going to be able to sleep, I just have to go with flower. So if that's a euphoric, energetic, uplifting effect, and I'm smoking that at, or, you know, consuming that at nine, 10, whatever at night, and then all of a sudden I'm wired like a cup of coffee, <laughs> that doesn't really help the patients out there. It doesn't help the patients. And I walk in, I buy cannabis flower, I have a positive experience. So I go back to the store and I buy cannabis flower again, and I have a negative experience. Mm. Well, it's because they're different strains, <laughs> different mm. percentages, different terpene profiles. Uh, I just, I just was done at, um, at some of their, what they were calling medical cannabis. The, the market is very, very young. So, you know, Maryland and Massachusetts and New Jersey, all of these states surrounding um, New York, even Vermont, Vermont, I think is the 12th legal state. Uh, they just announced that, I think, yesterday. Um, and so with New Jersey going on the ballot, potentially creating some FOMO, um, is New York going to be able to hold out and not take in the revenues? Because we already know it's not for the medicine. They don't even label their medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, so do you think they'll legalize in New York? What was, what was the sentiment while you were there? Well, as I was sitting on the couch with my, with my mother, my mother does not give one rat's patootie whether or not cannabis is legalized or not because it's a gateway drug and, and it's, it's horrible. Uh, so uh, with the uh, COVID restrictions, it was kind of hard to get a general sense of man on the street, mm. to be honest with you, John. Uh, but I can tell you that um, medical cannabis in New York is just unduly burdensome. And I struggle to see how, how it's going to help an individual with a medical issue. Uh, now, once it's legalized, then you can make some, some uh, recreationally legalized, and you can make some educated guesses as to, oh, Blue Dream does this and OG Kush does this and replicate your experience over and over again. I think the market will um, will be better served for that. And I do think there's a need for that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know anyone in, in my circles in New York or, or here on the West Coast that is going to buy a product labeled cannabis flower. I might just to talk about it on the talking hedge. 
but outside of that, no, unless that was the only option. Uh, you know, in college, we would get pretty much the same thing from our dealer. It was just a sack and you had no idea what you were getting. And so sometimes it was really strong. That was probably the indica. And sometimes it was really weak. And then we called that, you know, like bad weed or whatever. We didn't know that sativa was an entirely different species, a, a bush versus a tree, you know, daytime, nighttime, whatever. All these distinctions had no clue. Um, so hopefully New Yorkers will be beyond where I was at 20 years ago. Uh, it's kind of a disservice, but, uh, you know, they'll learn fast, hopefully. They will. And Did your mother-in-law legalizing medical, you know, baby steps, right? Yeah. Did your mother-in-law learn anything while you were there? There, there were positive elements of my trip. Uh, I, I was there to, uh, among other things, uh, assist, uh, consult and educate on some of the medical benefits of cannabis. And there's a lot of fear. There, there's a lot of fear and a lot of questions and um yeah thinking that you're gonna take take some cannabis and and the grass is gonna be purple and you're gonna have rainbows coming out of your butt is just not the right um not not the right posture for cannabis and it shows the the need to educate people and this is in a medical market uh trying to convince somebody that that cannabis can assist with the side effects of chemotherapy besides purple grass outside and ram rainbows coming out of your butt uh, um, it, it, that that's an uphill battle for for a lot of people and then to have some relief uh, from from some of these symptoms of, of, of cancer, uh, truly was surprising to this individual. Just, just truly like, oh my God, this is a miracle. Uh, I want more of this. This is better than the morphine I'm on. Uh, it, it, it was an, an enlightening experience. Um, and, and I don't want to advocate for cannabis a, as pain relief because, uh, uh, first of all, I'm not a doctor. Uh, second of all, uh, it, this is anecdotal. Uh, but but the individual I was I was talking to had just, she was up doing the hula, and and she was stunned, just stunned by the results of cannabis. And good news for good news for that person. Good news for me. I had an experience that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you're not going to have rainbows coming out of your butt. You know, it, it's a, it's a different, it's a different drug, <laughs> different drug. Um, yeah. Mushrooms and, don't even do that to me, yeah, <laughs> let alone right. cannabis. <laughs> but overcoming, overcoming that that um, bias and that prejudice uh, is is still a significant hurdle for the legal cannabis industry. Um, that's that's how a lot of people were raised. Uh, smoking, no, smoking is bad. I'm not even going to smoke cannabis. That, that's bad. Um, cannabis is bad. Uh, yeah, and it just yeah. you and I talk about the soccer moms and the grandmas, and until cannabis is 
acceptable, accessible, and uh, readily available uh, for the soccer moms and the grandmas, you're going to continue to encounter this. So hopefully this person does uh, a little better, uh, advanced cancer and uh, cannabis is helping uh, helping with, with that. Uh, we, we certainly wish her well, uh, but it was very interesting uh, because you couldn't get the same stuff in New York that you can in other legal states. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unfortunate. So hopefully they'll put that on the on the ballot or or pass it, um, you know, without an, uh, without voting on it. They can do that just like Vermont. I think Montana did that at one point. I've been a few states who have tried it. So hopefully more will get that FOMO looking for that revenue. Either way, a lot of people can benefit from it. All right. I want to thank my guest, Katrina Golgowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Or don't. And I'm out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms Podcast. I started the Pop Moms Podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.